Hello, my name is Andy Morgan, and welcome to another episode of the RipBody.com podcast. So people need to learn what their trainable menu is. That's Tony Gentlecore, co-founder of Cressy Sports Performance and owner of the Core Gym in Boston. Today, I talked to Tony about the importance of training with purpose, progressing chin-ups, and creating your trainable menu. Uh, Tony, thank you for joining me. Andy, it's a, it's a pleasure. I know we have... Uh... 12 or 14 hours in between us so you know it, was, it took a little bit of, of inner workings but we got it done yes we did sir um so first question just so people know whether they should keep listening or not do you even lift <laughs> yes i do uh i i like to consider myself one of the people that practices what he preaches so uh everything i put on the internet as far as videos and content it's likely that i have done myself um, you know, I, I definitely don't like to be one of those people that like puts up these crazy workouts or crazy exercises and say, Hey, do this. Um, you know, juggling chainsaws while you squat one legged or something like that. But, uh, um, but yes, I, uh, I'd like to, yes, I definitely lift and has been part of my life for quite some time. That actually, um, the way you just spoke is exactly your writing style. Um, you're a prolific writer. I, I don't think I... I don't think I know anyone else. See, who, I might who be I prolific, follow. but so prolific versus good. That's a conversation we can have. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I write a lot. And, you know, it, whether it's good, I guess it, you know, remains to be seen. But, um, Your content- but yes, thank you for the compliment. That's that's one of the highest compliments. I I like to hear that, that I, you know. I, I write a lot, and when I meet people in person, when, when it's traveling for workshops or doing co- going to conferences across the country and across the world, like one of the highest compliments I receive is when people do converse to me and they actually talk with me in person. That they're they're like, "Hey, you're you're kind of like how you are when you write." I was like, "Exactly, that's the way it should be." Yeah. Um, I don't know about you if you ever ever had any weird uh, interactions with people who are one way online, like they come across one way and then you meet them in person, they're they're pretty fucking weird. Uh, you, you know, I haven't. Not really. Uh, not yet. I, I, you know, I, I can, I can maybe count on on one hand. It isn't so. It, no one that I've met within the industry has been weird, but certainly there's been some people who I've I've interacted with, um, who weren't like you know coaches or something. They're just people who read my stuff, and then you meet them in person. And it's like, well, you're a little pump the brakes a little bit. But um, <laughs> I, actually, I tell you what, Brian Cran. <laughs> Brian Crown, right? I, like, I, I only knew him through his writing. You know, he used to be yeah. editor of T Nation and then he's got his own site. And then he, he his writing is really pumped and it's really oh, good awesome. and really good yeah. content. But he's, and so I had this image of this macho, like quite aggressive dude. But no, he's the, he's the sweetest, nicest. He's a pretty mellow. He's a, he's a mild mannered man. And I mean that in a very good way. Like, he, he, he's actually, he was my editor at T Nation when he was at T Nation. So he and I, have collaborated on a lot of articles. You know, he edited, I would say, eighty percent of my articles that were that were on T Nation. And uh, yeah, I feel the same way you did. Like I expected, like this, like you know, guy swearing all the time and big meathead and like, oh, yeah. um, he, he is not that guy. You know, but very smart and articulate and yeah. uh, um, well mannered, if you want to say, if that's a thing. But you know, I, I agree with you. He's one of those guys where he he didn't meet the expectation, but that's in a good way. Yeah. He's a gentleman for sure, yeah. Um, how, how do you describe uh, to people what it is that you do, Tony? Uh, I like to make people into deadlifting terminators. You know, I like to I like to get people strong. 
but within the context of not marrying myself to any one way of doing it because everyone is different. Everyone's anatomy is different. Everyone's ability level is different. Everyone's injury history is different. So, um, you know, I don't, whether we're talking squatting or deadlifting or doing a bench press or doing a Turkish get up or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I, I like to think that I'm pretty adaptable as a coach and that I can, adapt to their ability level, like try not to talk over people's heads and make it more complicated than it has to be. Uh, but if I had to say an umbrella theme of what I'm all about as a coach is I, I want people to be strong, but move well too. Like I don't want them to, you know, be walking around like the tin man. Cause it's, it's not cool if like you can lift a lot of weight, but then, you know, you ask to do anything remotely athletic, like run the first base. Uh, and if you can't do that without huffing and puffing or pulling a hamstring, then what's the point? So, um, so I like to think that I, I, I can help people move well and just lead or, and, and live better lives in general. Mm-hmm. But it was, I was reading, uh, uh, there was a Reddit thread, um, recently it was that's um, dangerous and yes dangerous it is it is dangerous <laughs> reddit is both the the, the hellhole of the internet and also the it has some of the uh, best I, best stuff on the internet yeah i i feel that way about uh youtube comments that's like the that's like the pit of the internet right there <laughs> uh speaking back to reddit sorry yeah, back to reddit I, I totally cut you off. Let, i'll get back onto your youtube because that is fantastic by the way um fantastic resource mate um but back onto reddit there was a a thread that went up it was 50 year old redditors 50 plus year old redditors what advice yeah. do you have to um the younger generation and two of the most upvoted uh questions uh, with like best answers was uh, the answers were basically sorry two of the most upvoted answers were look after your health because um once you start getting older and your body starts not working as you want it to, like life gets hard. So look mm -hmm. after yourself, look after your body because it's not fun. Um, so your approach of um, getting people strong, but not at any cost. No, no. Is, and I, you know, and, and, and strong is subjective. Mm. Like, you know, certainly as a strength coach, I'm biased to the barbell lifts. You know, of course, I want to get people strong with the quote unquote big three deadlift, squat, bench press. And I'm not a competitive power lifter. Like I've trained in powerlifting gyms. I was part of a community at Cresty Sports Performance where it was high level training with professional athletes and power lifters alike and just regular people, too. Um, you know, and it's subjective. Like, who, who am I to tell someone that can hold a flag hold for a minute that they're not strong or someone who could do a, a get up with the beast that they're not strong or can do 20 pull ups that they're not strong. It, it is 100 percent subjective. So um, when someone comes to me and they're like, hey, Tony, I want to hire you as my coach. It's my job to figure out what their point A is. So what is their starting level? What injury histories am I dealing with? What anatomical things do I have to work around? And then, and then, okay, let's have a discussion on what your point B is and what, what is the straightest line we can get you there. And that's my job as a coach is to do that in the most safe, time-efficient manner possible that's geared towards their goals and what they want to be doing. It has nothing to do about me and what my biases are and how I train. Um, I need to be 100% adaptable to the individual and um, 
you know, try to get them to where they want to be. But, you know, it, the the umbrella, I know I, I keep using that term, is we're, we're, we're going to get you strong. And, and it, whether that's and that's just that's just another term for progress. You know, I'm not I'm not necessarily looking for everyone to deadlift 500 pounds or uh, squat X amount of weight or do this amount of weight on the bench press. But, you know, if over the course of a couple of weeks into a couple of months and then up up to a year, Hopefully, you know, we've gotten you uh, uh, less likely to kill by getting you strong. It's harder. It's harder to kill somebody when they're strong um, and ready for that zombie apocalypse because it's going to be coming soon. It is. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's really what I mean about getting people strong. It's just, you know, yes, I am a big fan of performance based goals. So whether I'm starting with a, a male or female, I'd like to have a conversation with them like to make sure that their their training has some sense of purpose. So what are we training for here? Like just showing up and say, oh, I just want to train and move around a little bit. And like, that's not good enough for me. Like, yeah, I think it's cool that you're being consistent with showing up, but we need to have some semblance of purpose of what, why, why are we coming here? Why are you hiring me to, you know, make you hate life for an hour? And, you know, so what what are we working towards here? What you know, every session should have a goal, whether, you know, it's hitting a target weight on whatever lift or having an end range goal in mind. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I mean when I say, like, I like getting people strong, It's just getting them really jazzed up and excited to be working towards something. Interesting. Getting them really jazzed up and excited um, to be getting to walk towards something how much do you think that plays a role? Someone being jazzed up and excited and motivated well, towards I think a lot. progress versus clever yeah. programming. I I think it, it I think it is it, it's uh it's intrinsic motivation. You know, if I can get them, my wife talks about this all the time. She's a she's a sports psychologist, and we do workshops together. And you know, she's always about getting people more intrinsically motivated to get their ass to the gym. You know, once if you're a trainer or a coach and you can get somebody more intrinsically motivated and that like they are self-motivated to go to the gym and hit it hard and and work towards a goal, then you've won. Like that that's what I mean about getting them jazzed up and excited. And I, I you know, and I, I can't help but think about some of the the female clientele that I work with. You know, because a lot of them, you know, and, and this is not me like putting everyone under the same side of the fence. But, you know, the, the, the mainstream media has done a really good job of programming women into thinking that they need to look a certain way and that they have to train a certain way. It's high reps. It's low weight. It's about being delicate flowers and like, you know, lifting weights for men. It's gotten way better, of course, like certainly, you know, within the within the concept of you know, five to 10 years has gotten way better. And I think we can thank CrossFit for that to, to, a, to a high degree. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there, there's, there's a fair number of women out there still that think that, you know, they can never do a chin-up because they've been told they can't do chin-ups. It's like, oh, no, we do lat pull-downs or we do girl push-ups or we do, you know, we elliptical machines. You know, that's what women are supposed to do. Um, and I think that's utter bullshit. Uh, and it sets a horrible precedent and connotation Um to where, yeah, they, they, they are impeded. Like they don't have a lot of self-confidence and, and, you know, are intimidated by the weight room. So, you know, when I start working with a, with a new female client, I, I like to have this conversation. It's like, hey, I want to get you to the point where you're doing a strict unassisted chin-up. Not only just one, but several. Um, or I want you to be able to do 
actual push-ups or yes maybe we can work towards deadlifting or squatting your body weight for reps like whatever that may be i mean there's baby steps like i try not to overwhelm them too much but the chin-up resonates with a lot of women and um you know i i almost immediately i see their their eyes kind of grow a little bit when i say that because they're like yes i want to be able to do that i've always i've always wanted to be able to do that and when i say it and i say this is what we're going to work towards and the 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 goal of your, of your training sessions is going to be working towards that then they then they they get a better sense of accountability and um ownership of their program like yep. they know why they're going to the gym now and it's just that in of itself is like i don't know i don't know what the appropriate adjective is here but it's like they're way more focused like when they and like they're not going to skip their workouts and they they just they just have a purpose and it just makes such a huge difference with people's motivation to go to the gym. And that's also um, for people that need to lose some fat, the chin-up goal. Of course. That's a great yeah. one as well. They'll keep their diet. You know, that's a great yeah. point that you bring up because I can't tell you how many women I've worked with in the past where – yeah, they want to look good for the wedding, of course. Who who doesn't want to look good for the wedding? You know, it's their day. They're going to be kind of under the under the the spotlight. Of course, they want to look good for their pictures and for the people attending. And you know, they look at the models and and these magazines and their how they look. They're lean. They their their shoulders are ripped. Their their back looks phenomenal. And they want to look good in their wedding dress. So of course. What do I need to do to look like that? And I and I always tell them like if we if we just focus on the performance based goals, and then of course work on have the discussion of nutrition like of that of course that's going to be a conversation, um, you know just the 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 work and the effort and the sweat and just the all out like go get it attitude that it takes to, to accomplish that goal. That is what's going to get you to the point of looking good in your wedding dress without even worrying about looking good in your wedding dress, if that makes any sense. It's, so yeah. I think that's a very valid point that you bring up. Mm. Yeah, it certainly does. Um, when it comes to getting people to be able to do that first single rep, yeah. um, is there a progression pattern that you'd like to use? Yeah, there is. I think uh, the biggest mistake that a lot of people make, and this is men and women we're talking here. Like, I don't want to just say this is only for women. So yeah, I mean, that there are plenty guys. Yes. There are plenty guys that can't do a chin up. A chin up is yeah. not an easy thing. It's not something that everyone can do by any yeah. means. Like, I don't exactly. think I could do my first chin up till I was. I think my early twenties. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly, I mean, it's, 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 it, it applies to men. Like, I mean, it, it definitely applies to men, but. I think the biggest mistake that a lot of men and women make is thinking that training it once or twice a week is enough. Mm. Um, it's not. <laughs> uh, you need to train it, if not every day, at least four to five times a week. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're doing actual chin-ups and pull-ups every single day. There are many, there are plenty of ground-based movements that we can perform or abdominal movements that we can perform, or, or accessory movements that we can perform that complement the musculature and the patterning of a chin-up and pull-up, that's just gonna help build context. And then hopefully, like for example, like a lot of, on day one and week one, program one of a lot of people who that is their goal, um, is working on the hollow position. You know, there's a certain 
position that we want to be in where your where your midsection's locked in, you're 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 learning how to get and maintain full body tension and holding that position on the floor. It's kind of like a reverse plank, so to speak. Um, and it's hard. Like if, if you get people to learn that tension's important and learning how to get it and maintain it is very important, that's gonna be challenging for a lot of people. So that's step one. You know, and then there yeah, go ahead Andy. Um, may I ask you so so the, is the position that you're talking about where your um, your lower back is flat, your back and butt are flat on the floor, and your arms are maybe half of six inches um, yeah, up off the floor like and legs like six a, inches up, like a yeah, V, but a very flat yeah, V? Exactly. You're, like, you're kind of in that V position. Hmm. Um, and I cue it where like ankles are crossed and you're pressing your ankles together hard and your the back, your hands are kind of clamped together hard. Hmm. Um, and you're just building that full body tension. And we're holding that for time. It could be five seconds. It could be 10 seconds. And that's really it. And then I'm building up time. So it might be, hey, we're going to do three five-second holds here for a set. That's one. And we're accumulating time under tension, right? Right. Um, and that's going to be challenging for some people. And then there are other ways that I can progress that. So a colleague of mine that I reference a lot with this is Artemis Scantilides, who she's a team leader for Strong First. Um, and she's actually teaching classes out of core right now in my studio in Boston. And um, there, there's a, there's even progressions with that where we do like a, a pseudo um, hollow position toe tap with learning how to do like a, a hanging leg raise, but you're doing it from the floor. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to describe via words, but there, there's, there's definitely videos of it that I have on. There's a YouTube video I made actually of a client doing it. Of course. And that brings me nice, nicely back around to your YouTube. Um Tony, like seriously, like your YouTube is uh, impressive. So I get, I say to my clients, um, if there's an exercise or some form that you're unsure of, go to YouTube, type in the exercise name and add on the end gentle core or Cressy <laughs> or Somerset, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's, so, yeah, that's like, a lot of videos right there. Dude, like... <laughs> Uh, between the three of you you've got pretty much everything covered and my comment is anything by tony is gold you can totally trust it so that, that, is, a, that is a tweet right there I want, <laughs> I want i want that tweeted soon all right all right i'll do that for you <laughs> well, i uh, thank you that's uh very kind of you to say no, and, dude, and, thank uh, you uh, you've made my job and the job of so many other people easier because Okay, I could put that out and that might resonate with clients more, but you can do a better job of it because you've been doing you've been doing this job for how many years now? Ooh, uh I'm in year fifteen. Fifteen. So yeah, fifteen fourteen, fifteen, somewhere around there. Um so yeah, I've been around for a while. I mean YouTube hasn't been long, around that long, but um I saw pretty early that that was a, a cool way for me to reach more people and, and like hopefully put good content out there that if someone if someone wants to Google, you know, or go on YouTube and, and look up Paloff Press or a Turkish getup or a deadlift or what a pause squat should actually look like. Um, you know, yeah, it's uh, I, I would like to think that I'm, I'm putting out uh, good content that's that's helping people do stuff correctly. So it's nice to know that I am. Thank you, Andy. Thank <laughs> um, you, buddy. So coming back to this, this um, hollow hold, yeah, yeah. You so we, we, so you'd YouTube hollow hold 
gentle core boom it's going to come up for you yeah um, yeah and you could do hollow hold with heel tap gentle core and with the, with the heel, just, well there's a there's a tutorial it's about it's almost about two minutes where i where i kind of break down some of the progressions with just a hollow hold because eventually just having somebody sit there and hold the hollow hold is going to become redundant so we need to somehow make it more uh aggressive or more progressive to you know learning how okay what are we going to do to actually hang from a barbell and pull our body weight up um, so there's definitely ways to progress that because the idea here is to build success with people like my my job as the coach with each training session is what am I going to be able to do to show people success. Um, I don't want them to fail. I don't want them to feel like they're failures. I don't want them to feel like it's overwhelming. Um, you know, I need to I need to build in success and help them feel like they're accomplishing something um, with each session. So. And these drills are serving a purpose. Like there is a why behind these drills, whether we're talking the chin up or the deadlift or the squat or whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, you know, we can take the hollow position and then we can start adding in push up variations. Cause honestly, the push up to me is more about lumbar pelvic control and core stability than it is about anything to do with delt development or um, chest development or arm development. You know, if if I can get someone to get better with a push up on owning that position, then the likelihood that that's going to transfer over very well to more traditional strength and conditioning exercises like a chin-up or a deadlift or a squat is very high because they, they have better core engagement, they have better bodily awareness, better engagement, and it's just going to—it's just an easy transferable exercise. So, then so, we can start adding – oh, yeah, go ahead, Andy. So why does that matter? Why does it matter? So for people, they say, no, no, I just want to do chin-ups. Why do I have to bother with this hollow hold? No, so uh, this is uh, this is again it, again it's building context because at, at at this stage we're assuming that they can't do a chin up mm -hmm. or a pull up. So, um, but how's a hollow hold going to help me, Tony? How's a yeah, press up going to help and me, I, Tony? And I, and I explained to them like, listen, we're, these are all working the same musculature and patterns that are going to build context right here. Because then then when I start cueing you how to hang from a barbell correctly. I can go back to that hollow hold and how they started, just the position of the hollow hold, whether they're in that V position, feet are out front, right? They, they're, they're, they're learning how to get body tension. And then when I say, hey, now we're gonna start hanging from a bar from a, a chin-up bar, I want you to get into that same hollow hold position. They're gonna know what I mean, right? right? So it's, it's gonna transfer over to the movement. So then they're gonna hang from the chin-up bar and they're gonna they're gonna pack their shoulders. They're gonna they're gonna get in that same exact position they were on before. But now they're hanging from a from a chin bar without me saying we have to do this 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 and that. I can just say it's a hollow position. Hang from hang hang from a chin bar, and, and they're gonna get it. So, so you're telling me that there's a correct way to hang from a chin up bar? Yeah, Sandy. Right, no, 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 come on. I'm asking questions that people are gonna be yeah. wondering, right? Because a lot there, of people are. are gonna be thinking, yeah. what do you mean? Is a correct position. Yeah. Why does it matter? Can I not just hang and ah, yank I on mean, it? There's, there's people are going to get shit done. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, mm. there, there's more than one way to do any one movement. Um, there's just inefficient ways of doing it. So, and there's ways that might uh, put certain joints of the body in more precarious positions. So, you know, to me personally, like, I don't like people hanging from a chin up bar where their feet cross and dangling behind them because they're going to be arching through their lower back a lot. And I don't want that. Why? So, um, um, it's just, it's just not going to be a, a, um, a good position for their back to be in. They're probably going to hurt it. Um, 
you know, and it's just a very unstable position. They're not going to be transferring force through the body very efficiently. And it's just going to be a very inefficient way of doing the movement. And it's probably going to um, decrease their performance. Like they might be able to do a couple, but it'll only be a couple. Whereas if they did it correctly over the course of time, they're going to be able to bang out several, if not a dozen. So, so poorer training effect, um, poorer performance and higher risk of injury. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a good triage right there to, mm. to avoid. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, and I like learning how to pack your shoulders, you know, at the beginning of a chin up or what I like to tell people, like, try to pretend like you're putting your shoulder blades in your back pocket. You know, again, building stability, um, transferring force more efficiently, um, you know, that that is a skill. And I mean, and just learning to get comfortable hanging from the bar from the chin up bar because uh, it's intimidating for some people. It's intimidating for guys. It's definitely intimidating for, for women because they've been told they can't do it mm. from an early age. Oh, we're just going to, you know, we, again, we're, we've kind of programmed to think that they can't do chin ups. So uh, hanging from a chin up bar is a skill. Um and be able to do that for time as a skill. And then we, we, again, we're just gradually building context and success. And then before you know it, eventually they're doing eccentric chin-ups where they're lowering themselves under control um, in the hollow position. And then we can start adding in accommodating resistance where we do band-assisted chin-ups and um, doing more hanging leg raises and you know all these things that Again, like I said earlier, we don't need to be doing like actual chin-ups every single day, but one day we might be doing hollow holds. The next day we might be doing uh, hollow hold hangs. The next day we might be doing hanging leg raises, and then we can do band-assisted chin-ups and then eccentric chin-ups. So there's, you know, we're just accumulating quality volume, and then all of those are going to have transference over to actually doing an actual chin-up they're all leading to one goal um to where they're going to be they're going to crush their first chin-up and then once they crush chin-up number one then it's just a matter of like momentum and like hammering hammering that one chin-up uh and then greasing the groove you know as uh as a as pavel satsuin always says just greasing that groove and then uh yeah i mean that's that's kind of like chin-up pull-up 101 right there um and then from there, we of course we can get into more advanced programming and you know breakdowns like that. But at, at, at the early stages, it's as simple as that: building building ground based context, hanging from a barn context, and then and then we we just progress from there. Is there an exercise that you have um, found to resonate with men in particular? So the chin up for the women for the ladies. Yeah, mm. um, for men. Um, Let's take taking bench press out of the equation. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think that's the easy one. Uh, you know, I I'm in a I live in a little. I have to admit, I have to, I live in a little bit of a, a strength and conditioning bubble uh, because I've been around for so long, and I was I was part of a, a facility for eight years that was very well known. Um, you know, and people would seek us out and they kind of knew what they were going to be getting themselves into. Yeah. Uh, so they knew that if they're going to be coming to Crusty Sports Performance and if they're coming to core, that they're going to deadlift, they're going to squat, they're probably going to do some kettlebell swings, they're going to be doing some chin-ups. I mean, they're going to be doing traditional strength and conditioning. So, you know, I don't really have to sell it that often to, to men or women, but I guess for guys, most of the time it's like, you know, deadlifts. Cause like a lot of my material that they come across is talking about deadlifts and deadlift technique and you know, why the deadlifts are so great. 
um, you know, how, what are the advantage, all the benefits of the deadlift. So, uh, yeah, I think if I had to pick one, uh, it would, it would be the deadlift. How do you go about assessing suitability to, um, deadlift, uh, say just regular conventional stance deadlift? Yeah, um, it's, uh, and that's, that's the thing is like with, with the deadlift, when we're, when we're talking about conventional stance with a straight bar, that's actually the most advanced variation in my opinion is, hmm. Uh, you know where the barbells loaded on the floor conventional stance and then we're, we're hoisting that bad boy up and we're doing a deadlift like that to me is a pretty that's that's top of the pyramid deadlifting right there and uh, uh, just in case i missed to say this in the introduction i'll try and get it in um tony's opinion um counts in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> um he's he's not just been a trainer for 15 years he's um founded and built one of the best and most respected gyms in the States, um, which means in the world. And athletes will fly in from all over the place to go and see uh, the guys there. So, um, And I I mean, certainly, like, I've been... Uh, I've been very lucky in, the, in being around such an awesome staff when I was there. You know, obviously Eric and I and Pete built it from the ground up, but uh, you know, we've had a lot of cool coaches that uh, to to work around. Like you know, I can't like Greg Robbins. I, I, you might be familiar with yeah. him, Andy. I think you are. Um, that guy and Tony Bonvecchio and Miguel uh, are all wonderful strength coaches and powerlifter, competitive powerlifters. Like it's funny because I, I talk about the deadlift all the time uh, and have never competed. <laughs> uh, which but some people are like, oh, really? You've, you've never competed? You've like, nearly what, really? 600, is it? And you haven't quite cracked 600, close. but you're there. Yeah? I, it's my, 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 best, my best deadlift is still three times body weight, mm. um, which, you know, in powerlifting circles is probably very average. But if you're deadlifting three times body weight, you're strong. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, not my best deadlift is 570 um, at a body weight of 190. Mm. Um, eventually, I would love to get to 600. It's just you know, you know, growing older and, and being busier, and um, it's true. You know, getting older, your training training emphasis changes, and this isn't to to say that you can't train hard or you can't get after it, but it's true. Like. <laughs> yeah. um, 30, 35 plus into 40. I just turned 40. Um, you know, training, uh, you have to be a little bit more dialed in with recovery and, um, realizing that you're not 25 anymore and the, you know, but, um, but I can still sprint. I can still throw a baseball. Like I, I, am I, I certainly understand that I'm better off than a lot of guys my age. So I'm not using my age as an excuse, but, um, yeah, I'm hoping 600 will fall eventually. It's just, I haven't, it's been a crazy year as far as like building up my own facility and traveling and writing that it just hasn't been a, a number one priority. Um, still training hard of course and with purpose, but, um, it's just, it hasn't, it hasn't been, uh, um, quite the priority that it has been in the past, but I'm still adamant on, on putting out some of the best deadlifting advice out on, out on the, on the internet. So I'm glad to know that I still resonate with people. Um, Going back to the, uh, uh, th- thank you for the three minutes of excuses why you can't uh, lift six hundred. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't feel that it was necessary. I can't do it. I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> like, like I, I lose demerit points because I can't deadlift six hundred pounds. But the disease, it's like, gonna fall eventually. Damn it! It seems every day there's these eighteen year old Russian girls that are just making me oh, just, just want to quit. Like, it's <laughs> 
Um, going back, you said the, the straight bar, regular stance, yes, yes. deadlift would be the most advanced version. What's a progression that you um, so, typically you know, take people through and how do you assess? The thing about the deadlift, one of my biggest pet peeves is that uh, you know, there, there are certain individuals on the internet, whether it's social media or in the comment section, deadlifting is dangerous. I can't believe you had people deadlift. I can't, you know, it's just, it's going to ruin everyone's spines. And I, I just want to like shake the shit out of them and be like, really, dude, all I'm talking about is a hip hinge. Like I, I'm not just because I say deadlift does not automatically equate to me saying loaded barbell, super heavy, rounded back. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. So, uh, you know, certainly I have to assess people um, and looking look at their movement quality and their ability to dissociate hip movement from lumbar movement. Um, can they keep a good uh, neutral spine position um, and do a correct hip hinge? And if they can't, then I need to groove that. And, you know, I, if I have to start with a, a simple you know, wall drill, wall tap drill, and just have them push their hips back and, you know, keep a good spinal position and they're getting motion from their hips or maintaining good neutral spine and and groove it that way, cool. And then if I can progress that to a kettlebell deadlift, then we're going to do that. And then from there, I might progress them to a trap bar deadlift, you know, to where it's a little bit more of a user-friendly deadlift variation. Um, it's, it's generally easier for people to get in a good position if they lack, if they have some, uh, mobility issues in their hips or their ankles or their t-spine you know they're they're in the middle of the bar their center of mass is closer um you know it's just a it's just a more user-friendly variation and honestly at crusty sports performance like you walk in on any day any random day uh there's a lot of people trap bar deadlifting um you get all the benefits of the deadlift you know, it's a posterior chain dominant movement. You know, with the trap bar, yeah, we can make the case it's a it's kind of a squatty deadlift. Mm. Um, but people are in a better biomechanical position to do it in a in a in a, in a safe manner. Um, and who cares if you're not if you're not a competitive powerlifter where you have to use the straight bar, then who gives a fuck what mm. you use, right? I mean, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Um, me personally. Uh, yeah, I was a conventional deadlift for a long time and then found that like changing my stance to more of a modified sumo stance, not like, like hardcore sumo where I'm super wide cause I, that, that would eat my hips up, right. but kind of, kind of in the middle of like a sumo conventional stance where my hands are still in between both my feet. Um, you know, it just, it, it just felt a lot better on my, you know, like, you know, it, it prevented a lot of nagging back injuries, and I was I was able to maintain a good back position and still perform at a high level. Um, and what's cool about the deadlift is it's so easily tweaked or catered to meet the needs of the individual. Um, you know, like I said, if we if we have to use rack pulls, we can use rack pulls. If someone doesn't have the mobility to get down to lower to the floor, um, if we have to do cable pull throughs, we can do cable pull throughs. Um, you know, there, there's just so many ways of training the deadlift slash hip hinge. Um, and it, and it, it is a movement pattern that you see in everyday life. Um, you know, and we don't have, and again, we don't have to load it either. Listen, you know, this isn't to say that people are going to walk in on day one and perform a super heavy deadlift. Like that rarely ever happens. It never happens. Um, you know, that if you're, if you're a, a competent coach, like hopefully you're not doing that on day one with a lot of individuals. But um but yeah, it's uh, you know that's that's the beauty of the exercise is it's so easily adaptable to mit, to meet the needs and the ability level 
of the individual. Um, you know, and that's why I like it so much. Mm. Um, so when people um, say they want to deadlift, they want to go and jump straight into that um, that conventional stance deadlift. Um, yeah. What are what's what are they looking for? Um, to gauge whether they should or shouldn't. Pull so back. I to me, like when I'm assessing people, I'm mm. always looking at active and passive range of motion of hip flexion. Um, putting them into like if I have them lay on their back or if I have them in the quadruped position, so on their hands and knees. Yep. Right on the floor, and I just have them sit back towards their ankles. Yep. I'm trying to see like when, if or when they lose lumbar positioning. So flat like when I lower see, back. When I see a little rounding in mm. the back. So I, I start them in what we would consider spinal neutral. So natural lower lordotic curve in the lumbar spine and a natural rounded curve in the in the upper spine. Yep. Um and start them neutral. And then I just try to see where they lose position. Mm. Right. And I, I and, and and if I see it at a certain point in that in that in that screen, we can call that a screen. Um and they emulate that when I have them do the exercise itself, then it stands a reason that we might need to modify uh, the variation just right. to put them in a just to put them in a more conducive position that that I feel better that they're not going to hurt themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So, because it, it really, I mean, rule golden rule number one of deadlifting is maintaining neutral spine. We do not want to load spinal flexion. Like spinal flexion in general is not bad. Like you know people start hyperventilating in an O'Brien paper bag the, the second we start talking about spinal flexion um and even Stuart McGill will tell you that unloaded spinal flexion is fine like your spine is meant to move <laughs> that's you know <laughs> it's uh it's okay to go into flexion um however loaded spinal flexion is is, is uh not smart <laughs> um so we need to avoid that. So again, it, it, it deadlift golden rule number one of deadlifting is is maintaining neutral spinal position throughout. Um, you know, and the more the more advanced somebody gets, and you know, there we are kind of tinkering with that threshold. And you know, people need to get into a precarious position in order to learn how to get out of it. Like I'm not saying like there isn't going to be some deviation. Um, but with beginners, like I'm, I'm pretty adamant. Like I want them to, I want it to be picture perfect, high quality, low load. And we're a mass we're, It's just all about mastering that technique in the, in, with lower loads in the beginning. Um, and if I have to start with trap bar, it's trap bar. If I have to start with sumo, it's sumo, if kettlebell, kettlebell, like whatever position allows them to maintain neutral spine and be successful is the one we're going to use. And, you know, if someone wants to, I, I try to tell people like, listen, Conventional deadlift isn't mandatory. Like you're not even competitive deadlift or powerlifters don't. They can go sumo. Like they don't have to do conventional. Um, and you no, know, it's just some people don't have the anatomy to get into that deep of hip flexion um, and maintain a neutral spine and, and and just do the lift safely. So, but that isn't to shit can all deadlifting because they can't do conventional. So why not just okay? Well, widen our stance a little bit. I, I mean, I do this all the time where I will video somebody doing their conventional deadlift right video and i'll and i'll, I'll video it like hey good all right then i show it to them and they're like oh wow i didn't i didn't realize i was doing that my back mm. is not in good position so there's a good tip and, for people right there video exactly. yourself have a quick I look that, i i'll do that with the initial assessment i and people come in all the time and whenever they're in boston 
they'll be, hey, I want, I just want to come in and like have you audit my technique on my squat, my deadlift. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Well, come on in. Let's do it. I love doing that. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So if you're in Boston, do that. Like, do it. If yeah. you can get Tony, I didn't know you would offer that. But yeah, if you're offering yeah. that up, that's an incredible I mean, service. It's, they, they pay for it, of course. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's but, like... <laughs> I mean, come on. This is, this is you. Yeah. Yeah, this so, is... I mean, yeah. But, but, but it, it really it boggles my mind that there are people don't think about filming themselves more. Mm. Um, cause I, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've, you know, and don't get me wrong. There's, there's people that come in and want a conventional deadlift and I, I coach them into a better conventional deadlift on day one. There are like, I, I can fix people to that regard. Just, they, they're just not aware of their body position. But a lot of the times I'll show them like, Hey, here's what your conventional deadlift looks like. And after some cueing and coaching and, and tinkering, if it's still not looking great, um, I'll just modify the lift. I'll say, okay, let's widen your stance a little bit. Let's do modified stance and just, and then boom, almost always I'll, I'll film that or I'll take a picture of it and they look, I'll, I'll compare the two pictures and they'll be like, wow, that's like night and day as far as their back. And it feels better. They, they feel more powerful. They feel more confident. It doesn't hurt. Um, so why not run with that? Like who, who cares? Like you're not, no one, no one is judging you because you're not conventional deadlifting. Like honestly, I, I'm looking at the, at the long game here. Like I want you to be able to perform well, but to be able to do it for five, 10, 15, 20 years. Yep. Like there, there's no point in, in, in trying to pound a, a square peg into a round hole because some, some fitness forum told you that you have to, to conventional deadlift in order to be a man like fuck you like no you don't like get over yourself mm. Mm. that's right i get i get fired up for that stuff Andy. Mate, I'm sorry. No, no it's 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 <laughs> great i love it thank you um, and it's and it, it, it just um and just see the light bulb go off in some people where i'll show them the the before and after they're like whoa and then it just feels better and they're still able to more often than not use the same weight. Like it might, it might, they might have to use a little less weight sometimes because they're used to one movement. They're used to one variation for so long. So the novelty of doing uh, a different variation of it does come into play. And you know, I just tell them like, listen, this is it's a new movement. Like it, you know, it, it it's different. Different shit is different. Um, so you know, don't worry about if you have to use a little bit less weight. No worry. I mean, the chances are that you're going to be using that the same weight in a couple weeks, anyways. But you're in a better position here. Like this is better suited for your anatomy, your mobility levels. And yeah, maybe down the road, you know, with, with some work, um, whether it's working on little T-spine mobility or like getting more extension or working on little hip mobility, you know, maybe we'll be able to do a conventional deadlift. But if home base for you right now, like there's a really good term I learned listening to uh, – Mike Robertson's podcast recently, uh, Chris Chase was on. He's the strength coach for the Atlanta Hawks. He had this wonderful term that I'm totally going to steal. It's called trainable menu. Um, people need to learn what their trainable menu is. So, if like for example, he works with the Atlanta Hawks. He he's working with a lot of very tall individuals, like guys who are six eight, six nine, seven foot. Okay, I got um, you now. It's basketball, isn't it? I yeah, got it. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so he works with a population that you know, deep squatting is probably not in the cards, or a full squat's not in the cards, and because they have such long femurs and long torsos, and people you know, deadlifting need from to learn the floor what their trainable menu is going to be conducive. Like, so their trainable menu is going to be rack pulls or or box squats or pull throughs or whatever. It's their trainable menu that's going to allow them to perform at a high level, keep 
them safe, not injure them. Um, so people need to learn what their trainable menu is. Like I have a female client, for example, who has a history before coming to me of a lot of back issues and shoulder issues. Um, and she was told by her previous trainer that, oh no, we got a conventional deadlift or we have to use a straight bar. And I was like, I told her like, no, you don't. Like, um, we're gonna use the trap bar. Uh, it puts you in a better position. It feels better. You're 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 able to get in a better. Uh, you're able to maintain a better position. Your trainable menu is here, um, and she's been rocking it. Like she's deadlifting over 200 pounds for reps. She loves it. She's getting results. Um, so that's her trainable menu. You know, I have I have individuals who have horrible shoulder mobility, um, and straight bar back squatting. It's just not a good position for them. Like mm. whether I mean, I have a couple guys who have shoulder surgeries. They just they literally will never have the mobility to get their arms into position to be able to back squat and have it feel somewhat comfortable. Mm. Um, so their trainable menu is goblet squats, safety bar squat, uh, front squat. Like you know, we don't need to back squat. Like and and they're cool with that. Like you know, if just me taking the less than five minutes that it takes to explain that to them that hey we're still going to get you a training effect we're still going to get you diesel we're still going to get you feeling better <laughs> um, but this is your trainable menu that's going to be and 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 the, and that makes them autonomous too right so yeah. they start learning so now when they go travel on a business trip or they're on vacation and they want to hit up the 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 hotel gym or the resort gym they're able, I've had these conversations with them that they know like, okay, I can, I can do this. I can do that. Like they, they, they can start training themselves. And again, that I, I, it's just a way of making your clients autonomous. And, um, you know, that to me is a win, a win, win situation. That, that to me is kind of the end goal anyways. Tony, your energy is awesome. Your energy is <laughs> awesome. Mate. It's, it's great. Uh, if, if someone wants to, do you have any resources um, that you can point people to to help people figure out their trainable menu? Yeah. Um, I recently released a product. So the nice segue, Andy, I appreciate it. Uh, the Complete Shoulder and Hip Workshop, or Complete Shoulder and Hip Blueprint, excuse me. Um, it's a workshop that Dean Somerset and I have been doing for about two years now. And we recently filmed it this past spring while we were traveling in Europe. And we made it a digital product. So it's 11, 11 or so hours of he and I talking everything and anything shoulders and hips. So I take day one and I talk about shoulders. So the reason why I did that was because at Crusty Sports Performance, we're kind of known as the, the baseball overhead athlete gurus. Um, we work with a lot of shoulders there. So I spend day one and I talk about shoulder assessment, like what it means to help people get overhead mobility and what's the difference between external and internal impingement and what does that mean and um, how can computer guy, uh, someone who sits in front of a computer all day, how can they augment their training to better set themselves up for success? Um, exercise technique, you know, shoulder friendly exercises, et cetera. And Dean takes day two and he talks about the hip. So, um, you know, it's, 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 I think fitness professionals would get a lot out of it, but I, I definitely think general fitness population would get a lot of it too. Cause we offer a ton of practical hands-on advice, regressions, progressions, lateralizations of, of a lot of exercises. We go through coaching technique of a squat, of a deadlift. I go through all that stuff I talked to previously with the chin up. Um, 
I think it's a pretty cool resource. I mean, obviously I'm a little bit biased when I say that, but um, it's gotten really good feedback and uh, I'm very proud of it. And um, I would encourage people to seek that out. But also uh, my website, you know, you, you had mentioned earlier how prolific I am as a writer. <laughs> uh, so my website is, uh, I feel, uh, has a, um, an endless array of, of content that people can uh, learn from. Um, so that would be home base for me, just looking into that too. So your um, your website has so much on there, it can yeah. it can be overwhelming. Um, so if someone wanted to get um, kind of the condensed version, then that course is probably a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, however, I'm going to have to delete the last five minutes of conversation, Tony. I'm sorry, because I don't allow uh, product plugs on the podcast. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I'm just totally messing with you. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. God damn it. <laughs> that was good. Thanks, Andy. There we go. There we go. <laughs> and, all right. So if I, if I then um, went to your uh, website or I just Googled Tony Gentle called Deadlift, um, yeah. You're going to fill the first um, 100 pages of uh, Google, and then you'll get other people <laughs> that are just using a name. Um, there, there actually is another Tony Gentlecore out there who's actually uh, um, uh, used to work for Google, like worked with Mozilla, and he and I have actually there's been several times on, on Twitter that he people thought that he was me <laughs> yeah and like he would retweet and be like oh I got mistaken again for the other Tony and like, it, it's pretty funny yeah it's uh but yeah there are there's like one or two other Tony Gentlecores out there but I'm number one on Google dude dude as I'm, far as to- <laughs> uh, I'm uh, okay okay so uh I I'm Andy Morgan it's not exactly a unique name there's a fisherman there's a professional fisherman uh ah. American guy there's a and there's a photographer Right, and I didn't know about the photographer dude. Anyway, I recently bought andymorgan.com just because I thought it was a good idea to protect my yeah, yeah. reputation. Um, I got, I love cars. I love cars, right? Um, while I don't have um, uh, a family and responsibilities, like uh, basically calves and uh, racing, that's my hobby, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I got an email from the head of what is it, special operations for Jaguar. Um, so this is kind of right by my hometown, actually. It's uh, next to Birmingham, Coventry. And it was like, hi, Andy, I got your email from blah, 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 executive. Um, we need you to take some photographs of the, uh, I think it's the XC90. Um, now, this is the, the Jaguar that was used in the Bond film. So it's a nice car. It is. It is. It's just phenomenal. Um, I was wondering that uh, we need this shot, this shot, this shot, and I was wondering uh, what your price would be for that. Feel free to call me phone number. So you were like, right? uh, uh, yeah. So I wrote him back. I was like, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I would be happy to do it for free. Yeah. But... <laughs> he still hasn't responded to me. I, I did. <laughs> I said to him That's like, okay. hey. Man, I tell you what, if you want to come to Japan, we can pan some laps of Suzuka together uh, if you fancy yeah. it. Suzuka oh circuit. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've gotten anything cool like that. I mean, Tony Genicor is a pretty unique name, so I don't. it doesn't happen too often. I get random people asking me about, hey, uh, I need you to drive this Mercedes around or anything like that. I wish. Yeah. 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 Man, it was funny. I only had the website up for like a week and then bang, straight away. It's awesome. <laughs> anyway, never mind. Poor photographer guy. You should have got him there <laughs> first, shouldn't he? Um, <laughs> um, 
How are we doing for time, Tony? I think yeah, we're good. Got a couple more minutes. I got it. I got to go eat dinner soon. I'm starving. All right, man. We'll look to wrap this up. Um, so the best place for people to find you, TonyGentleCore.com. Yeah. Yeah, that's home base for me. So that's that's my blog. That's uh, access to social media, um, resources, uh, services, everything. So pictures of my cat. Uh, oh yeah, the yeah, cat. Yeah. I, I, yeah, every everything's on on there. So, um, yeah, that would be the easiest way to anything and everything that's related to me and my brand will be there. Um, actually, I don't think we covered the question I wanted to ask just before. If someone yeah, wants to Google you and deadlift, which one would they click on? Which of your hundred articles on the deadlift oh, would whoa. they click on if they want a tutorial? Man, I don't. Um, even I don't know. I don't know that. I honestly don't know. I've it's, sometimes I have to take a break. There was one point where I felt like it was funny because I mentioned earlier Brian Crown was my editor at T Nation. Yeah, uh, and he would get so pissed at me when I would send him a deadlift article because he's like, "What the hell? Could you possibly have more to say on this?" Like, um, but so I would actually have to take a break from our writing on on uh, on the deadlift. Um, I don't know. I think there's there's a few that um, honestly, here's where I would point people. There's actually, if you go to T Nation, uh, they put out this compilation of I think it was 15, 15 of their top deadlift articles. Okay. It's like fifteen or twenty, um, and it was funny. Myself and Eric had like six or seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't surprise uh, me. And it, yeah, and so there there's I would say of uh, the ones that I'm proud that would have the most information of like technique and what to look for and cues and um, it would be just go to T Nation and search for that deadlift compilation. Um, and there's probably there's there's a handful of them there that I would just probably direct people towards. All right, cool. Um, and lastly, if you could grant one wish for our industry, our fitness industry, what would it be? Um, that's good. Uh, I would say I really wish people wouldn't be so dogmatic mm. uh, with their approaches. Because um, that's just a big pet peeve of mine when people feel like it's their way and everyone else is wrong. And um, I mean, I can I can think of several individuals and, and coaches within the industry. I'm not going to name names, but that take that approach um, and it just turns me off. Um, so I think if anything, I would just say keep an open mind. Uh, never, uh, never drown out that insatiable desire to always get better and learn. Because um, I, I always kind of defer to like guys like Mike Boyle and Dan John, guys who have been coaching for longer than a lot of us have been alive. And they're always saying, I don't know. Uh, I was wrong on this. Here's what I'm doing now. Um, I've changed my mind. Uh, and if guys like that can do that, then who the fuck am I to, to not do the same? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So really, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I, 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 there's one wish for the industry. I would say just keep an open mind. Don't be so dogmatic in, in, your, in your methods and principles. Tony? Uh, thank you very much for your time, uh, and thank you for all your resources. That was a pleasure. Yeah, you're um, going to your facility um, and listening to you speak. They have really um, opened my mind. Um, if there's been one person uh, that has really uh, 
how can I say, um, every, every time I meet someone in this industry um, who's great, they always show me that whatever, wh it always kind of expands my circle of knowledge. But then it, by expanding my circle of knowledge, there's more of that um, diameter of the circle touching the stuff that I don't know. So the more I know, the more I realize I don't know. And, uh, oh, I'm the same. <laughs> you, what you do, um, you've shown me more and more how little I know, which has given me a hunger to improve more and more. Yeah. Um, well, I feel the same way, Andy. So please don't. <laughs> and I think that's 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 a that's a quality and, and a characteristic that I think a lot of coaches should adopt or should strive to have. Is you know, I I feel the exact same way. Like I, I mean, dude, I read I read your content too, and it's always phenomenal and practical and you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. So, um, thank you for the kind words. It's a, it's very, it's always very nice to hear. I, I need to use you as my, as my, uh, prep guy before, before all my speaking engagements. <laughs> Pump you up. Yeah. Yeah. Shoulder exactly. massage, whisper nice things in your ear. Yeah. That's uh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred dollars. Uh, right, I'll, I'll pay it. Money, money well spent. Yeah. And, uh, there'll be lots of, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll throw in another free uh, truck ride down to the barbecue, yeah? Yes. Oh, man, that was... You know, unfortunately, I might not be making the the summit this year. Mm -hmm. For a little one on the way, got responsibilities. Yeah, well, there's... Well, yeah, there's that. Is, uh, but, yeah, like, she she's traveling for a speaking engagement, so I kind of have to uh, be on daddy daycare that weekend. But um, So it might be, I might be missing out this year, unfortunately. Well, you can hold a vodka bottle and a, in one arm and a baby in the other, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that look, that would go well. Uh, yeah, of course. Just think of all the likes you'll get from the social media yeah. posts. All right, yeah. wrap it up here. Tony, thank you. Thank you very much for your time, Andy, man. Andy, that was a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me on. I appreciate it. That's the show for this week. You'll find links to everything we talked about in the show notes on the site. If you have any questions for either of us, you can grab us in the comments section. Just go to ripbody.com forward slash podcast. Now, I really appreciate you giving me your ear, but listening without any action is not going to get you any closer to your physique goals. So make sure you're applying what you're learning. Now, I've spent the last six years coaching people online and then writing up free nutrition and training guides on the site. So head over to ripbody.com. If you have any questions, ask me in the comments. I've answered nearly 20,000 of them. And when you're ready to dig a little deeper, you'll see that I've co-authored a couple of books on nutrition and training setup, and I've written one on dietary adjustments of my own. If you put the effort in, I'm here for you. One small request. If you haven't left a review on iTunes yet, it'll only take a few seconds on your phone right now, and a five-star review will really help the show out. Thank you, and catch you next time.